Ah, uh, yes, hello. The, are you worker number 48794? My name is Jim. <laughs> yes, wonderful. Uh, ah, worker number 48794. Uh, I have been informed by our automated systems that you took a pee break lasting for 4.85 seconds. Is this correct? How would you know how long I peeve? Oh, our systems are very advanced. As you would know, as you should know, our company has invested heavily in technology and we are among the most technologically advanced companies in the world. Couldn't you invest in bathroom closer to our workstations? <laughs> uh, so, uh, are we going to see improvement on your, uh, on your behavior? This is a very long pee break, yes? You understand? How am I supposed to pee in four seconds? <laughs> well, you won't be doing it with that attitude, that's for sure. <laughs> Podcast Yggdrasil. <laughs> yeah, hello, we are back. For some reason, we can always like be annoying against Germans and not be racist. It's really nice. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, there was an incident, you know, and uh, well, ever since we've been, you know, at uh, how do you say the shit end of the stick when it comes to poopy humor? Ah, yes. The most oppressed people of all, Germans. Ah, yes. We suffer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We're back. Yes. And it's May 1st, Labor Day. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I've just come back literally 30 minutes ago from uh, the opposite of labor. I came back from a week's vacation. That was nice. Say it's like been for two months, then maybe we can like excuse why we haven't been posting episodes. We've been hard at thought. <laughs> I was about to say hard at work, but no. Yeah, I've been a stay at home. Oh shit, I'm going back to work tomorrow. That's labor. Well, yeah. I just spent a half a year at home with my son. That was nice. I don't have to work. You know what else is nice, Matthew? Being able to spend time with your children when you have them. <laughs> it's, it's so crazy to think about that here in Norway, when you have a kid, like we just did, my girlfriend and I, uh, a year ago, uh, you can choose between... Uh, 58 weeks of uh, uh, leave uh, at 80% pay or 48 weeks at 100% pay. And uh, we went for the 58 weeks at 80. Uh, but in America, you can give birth on a Wednesday and be needed back at work on Monday. I mean, Friday in some cases. That's fucking insane. You have zero days to stay at home with your kid when you have a kid in the USA. I mean, it's not like, you know, a serial kid needs parents around. I mean, even... You can stay at home and watch TV. Even Jamaica gives you like six weeks or something. Even if you're unemployed, you get six weeks of paid maternity leave, I think. And then you got the, the Americans. Well, uh, I mean, <sighs> it's a place known for all their great rights. Yeah. So... It's been a year since our last episode on, you know, May 1st, the labor movement. Uh, how do you feel? Have you, I mean, are, have we seen any big changes in the last year? Has the pandemic done anything special? I mean, what do the you biggest think? change probably, and I mean, it's not that like it's been many changes, but... 
the fact that we're closing in on getting like Amazon's first union is a big deal. That's a pretty big deal. They won a big victory just a couple of weeks ago, I think. Yeah, and the Amazon been working really hard to make this not happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I Damn. Re- read this day when I w- went on to Reddit, like one of the top posts was like, if you use the word union in their subreddits, you're gone. Yeah, I mean, they are treating... Their, uh, <laughs> Amazon warehouses work like the Chinese internet. There are words you just can't say or you will lose your job. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but I mean, that's progress. Amazon is... But for some reason, we think that like Twitter become a free speech haven when Musk takes over. There's been so much drama about that. I mean, by all means, Musk is a fucking asshole. <laughs> but uh, people have been, you know, shouting and crying that, yeah, this can't be allowed to happen when we've allowed it to happen in... A ton of other instances. I mean, yeah, it's allowed to happen because he's rich. Yeah. And uh, I feel, now that we brought up Musk, I feel that we should uh, also bring up the fact that this motherfucker promised to spend $6 billion uh, eradicating world hu- world hunger for a year if the UN could uh, give him a detailed list of how the money would be spent. And he got that list and hasn't done it. That sounds like our billionaire class. They yeah. talk a big talk, and when the checks comes, they run the other way. Fucking oligarchs. Pardon the language. <sighs> so. But uh, Amazon Union, besides that, things are not that bright, I guess. Yeah, I mean, uh, we talked about this last year, too, and... It's kind of sad to just give that kind of update because because things are just not progressing but regressing when it comes to the labor market. Yeah, and uh, I've been thinking a lot about... So this is probably something that many can relate to depending on where they are in the world. But, you know, with the pandemic and uh, the war in Ukraine and, you know, also, you know, general capitalist shenanigans, there's a whole... You know, a lot of talk about, you know, price is going to go up. Your salary is not. Mm. And uh, there's been, I mean, probably since, you know, it's Labor Day. Um, there's been, like, several interviews of, you know, people, like, not what I would think of as, like, you know, poor people, but, you know, average people in Norway. And some of them, you know, maybe even above average, like, people making, you know, $17,000 a year or $80,000 a year. And they've been talking about, like, with, you know, the the energy prices also been going up mm. and all these changes. Like, I don't really have money left when, uh, you know, the month is over. And these are people who traditionally, at least, would be considered, you know, middle class. I mean, if you make... Eighty thousand dollars. I mean, that's that's what like seven, eight hundred thousand Norwegian kroner. That's good. That's a good pay. That's a good paycheck. And I mean, it's more than I make. (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, by all means, like one of these people were a teacher, so you should be able to relate. But you know, they were in their later career, and I think they had like the the five year version, so they technically should earn more about that but hmm. 
I'm like thinking if people at that level are like maybe not struggling but almost struggling that should be a huge majority of the population and this is Norway yeah and here in Norway we still enjoy a lot of protections for the should I say lower classes you know the working class uh, and things are still not good here <laughs> things are getting worse and I can't even imagine how stressful it must be to be a working class person in certain other countries. Uh, yeah, I mean, we Norwegians are spoiled in a lot of ways uh, because there are things we just don't have to worry about, at least not to the same extent that other people do. But yeah, I don't know if we talked about this a year ago, but uh, employment contracts, for example, here in Norway, you usually have to give two or three months notice before you quit your job and your employer has to do the same. And in, okay, I'm going to use America as an example because they're the most predatory <laughs> labor country I can think of. Yeah. Uh, at will employment, you know, you can lose your job like this. Just, I think the mic picked that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can just lose your job one day and have no recourse you'll be fucked <laughs> and yeah wages are still very very low i mean the minimum wage in the usa it's like seven and a half dollars i think and they're fighting tooth and nail to prevent the minimum wage to double to 15 dollars an hour and that's too low 15 is too little money so they're fighting a bloody battle to get inadequate pay. <laughs> and that's that inadequate uh, inadequate pay is double what they're currently getting at minimum wage. I mean it's like we said on the you know the previous thing, you know, the billionaires are doing a good job at keeping their interests at bay, whether they be making sure that the laborers that work don't have a union or whether it's making sure that they're paid shit. Mm. I mean, you brought up the pandemic, and in most parts of the world, we're kind of we're moving out of the pandemic, at least uh, restriction-wise. You know, um, oh, uh, what's the English words for uh, tiltak? Uh, uh, mask mandates. That... Yeah, yeah. I mean, mandate. Yeah, different kinds of mandates to protect from COVID. Well, yeah, we're we're finishing up the pandemic, basically, and I've been. I almost said excited, that's the wrong word. I've been very interested to see what would happen in, you know, several areas of the labor, not markets. When it comes to labor, take, for example, uh, working from home. Uh, I'm a huge fan of giving people the opportunity to work from home. I don't know how you feel about it, but... Uh, being given the chance to work from home in, well, you can't do it in all, you can't do it in all, um, oh, the English word for branscher. Um, I'm brain farting hard today. I thought you came from like foreign countries. Yeah, I mean, Haven't I've been you speaking, speaking English? I've been speaking English for a week. <laughs> I guess I spent all my credits. Well, uh, anyway. Different uh, careers, I guess, maybe? Yeah, like in. Take teaching, teaching, for example. I'm a teacher. You can't 
really teach well from home so easily. Huh, I mean, say that to Zoom. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure, it worked. F- it it worked kind of, but it didn't work well. I thought. Uh, so teachers, yeah, we still have to show up for work, but in a lot of businesses and a lot of careers, you don't have to show up to a physical location to do your job well. And giving you that free time that you save from not having to, you know, drive or take the bus to work, that's a that that racks up to quite a few hours. That's like, yeah, if you save, let's say an hour a day, that's five hours every week you can save on just not driving to work especially if you live in a country where you only need to work five days a week yeah i mean most people probably work six yeah a lot of people seven. work more so yeah i mean i i take you uh, 30 minutes uh, both uh, each way when i go to work and uh, yeah that's five hours every week i would save if i could work from home and i think it would affect people's mental health and family life and their children and their relationships and their physical health, uh, I think it would improve a lot if people were given the chance to work from home more. Uh, so now that we're moving out of the pandemic, the reason I brought it up is that I've been exci- interested to see how will we do things from now, because we've had two years of a really <laughs> two shitty shitty years of this pandemic. And people have been, you know, struggling to adapt to a lot of things, you know, both work and when it comes to private stuff. Uh, And we kind of got used to the whole working from home thing, keep your distance, social distancing, that kind of thing. Uh, But now it seems like we're just going back to the way things were. And that, that I guess that was the unofficial slogan during the pandemic. You know, let's get back to normal. As if back to normal was such a great thing. So I guess my question to you is, do you think anything will change in how we, you know, do our labor movement? or Not labor movement, but how work is done. Like, do you think there will be more working from home after this? Um, yeah, any big changes like that? I think it will be in, uh, you know, some forms of employment, but mostly in the employments where the the corporation sees economical benefits in not having a place for the employments to be and keeping them from home. Mm. You know, I think it's more like, oh, we, we saved all this money, we could be renting our space or we could be selling it why would we like get new toilets for our workers when they could shit at home? Hmm. Like if they're just sitting at a computer anyway, like, you know, just give them some money for a computer and then you don't have to care. Well, win-win, I say. Let people work from home. Forcing people to show up to work, for the most part, I think it's just, I, I think it's, I think a lot of it is subconscious from the employer side. I think a lot of employers, they feel uncomfortable allowing their workers to work from home because they don't have a physical uh, physical control over their worker. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> I mean, we spend enough time together that you've, you've heard me bitching a lot about, you know, the mental relationship between an employer and their employee. I think that's 
way out of whack today. It's not, it does not work the way it should. Uh, it should be a nearly equal relationship. I mean, I as an employee, I offer you my labor, my time and my, uh, my labor. You as an employer, you need my labor and you offer me money for that. That's how our, our relationship works. This is why capitalism is so great. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, but this is how the relationship should work. But instead, we built up this culture where you look up to your employer and ask for employment. You are lucky to have a job. You ask and you receive from your employer a job. And that's not how this shit should work. You should be happy for your job creators, Andy. Yeah, job creators. And yeah, the reason I started this tirade is because you brought up the billionaires. Because I don't have the numbers in front of me now. Uh, I think the average billionaire, like take Musk, for example. I think he increased his wealth by like 30% or something throughout the pandemic. He, he became the richest man in the world during the pandemic. That was mainly because Bezos got divorced, but yeah. Hmm? Yeah, I mean, sure. But a lot of billionaires got a lot richer during the pandemic. And like you said, wages have not gone up. And costs... And we heard a lot have. about, you know, ooh, things are so hard with this pandemic. We, we can't, you know, you know, times are unstable. We have to maybe pay people who doesn't work. Like, <laughs> we, we cannot increase wages. Hmm. But uh, somehow, all you know, the money the state is handing out, you know, it ain't to, to the average Joe. No, it goes straight to the corporations. And, uh, yeah. And I mean, I kind of want to devil's advocate your, like, as somebody who enjoys being at home and are probably, like, on the introvert side, I definitely identify with you know that part of the equation but i think it's something to be said that for a lot of people going to work is a big part of their social experience during a day absolutely like, th there's a lot of people who be like oh fuck finally i don't have to stay at home i've been going crazy and i'm kind of worried that like a lot of those people are gonna be you know shut out because They've been used to having a workplace to go to. And then suddenly it's like, hey, here's a computer. Now you work at home. Oh, yeah. I mean, I totally agree. Uh, I don't mean that we should eliminate, you know, workplaces. I think that you should give the option of working from home. Uh, let's say, yeah, you run a company. Let's say you have one week, one day a week. One or two days a week. Okay, let's say Monday and Friday. You show up to work and you spend maybe the day there or maybe you just spend a few hours to talk with your team members, uh, get some updates from your boss, have some conversations. You can do all that uh, so that you keep connected, you know, all the employees and, and the employers. And you can also offer them a workspace to be in because, like you said, not everyone wants to work from home. And to a lot of people... It's important to have a, you know, a solid, um, I mean, you need to, they want to solidly separate their work life and their home life. And I can totally understand why someone wouldn't want to do their work from home because suddenly your, your home becomes your workplace. 
Uh, yeah, so I can totally get that. What I mean is that the employers should offer the ability, the uh, opportunity to work from home. And yeah, I think that would have a massive effect on people's health in a lot of ways. It's almost like you expect those people at the top to give options and, you know, preferable experiences to those that are not on the top. Yeah, that's the thing, because those people aren't going to do that. I mean, would you ever get into an argument with a calculator over math? Or at all? Would you start... When, when, you're, when you're reading the news, do you start shouting at your computer screen? Only when I read the comment section under. <laughs> yeah, but if you started screaming at your computer screen, what would that accomplish? Nothing. And the same can be said with trying to reason with your employers and the people who, run, who own these companies uh, when it comes to, you know, labor rights and accommodating the workers. They don't give a fuck unless it's profitable for them. So... There's no point in saying to your employer, hey, this would really improve my mental health or my physical health or my productivity. Will it improve the bottom line? Yeah, I mean, hey, did you say improve in pro productivity? Well, I could profit from this. That will work for them. So what we need to do is force them to do it. I mean, I know we've talked about it before, but seriously, we are years, maybe a decade away, I think, before automation kicks us in the ass. I know you aren't as freaked out about automation as I am, but holy fuck, Matthew. <laughs> aren't you scared? Like all those people who work in, in grocery stores, who clean floors, all those millions of people are gonna be out of a job at some point. Drivers. Drivers, bus drivers, yeah. So many people are in very threatened Occupations. The only reason they're not being autom uh, they haven't been automated already is honestly, I think it's just because that would lead to rioting. I think if you automated, say, grocery store work, uh, work, uh, people would lose their shit, and the oligarchs they don't want that to happen. You need to do it slow. I think ironically, it's more of a case that like. They don't understand how, how much workforce they could cut if they, you know, fully went into it. You don't think so? But no, because if, if they knew they would do it, they wouldn't care. They wouldn't care if it was rights. They would care if people showed up at their doors. I mean, if people hit the streets, they, they need... You don't think they're a little scared of that? Scared of that? No, but like, business no, doesn't think collectively. They think for their own business, like... They don't think like, you know, if we use child labor, that could make us look bad. They think we need, like, we need to increase profits and, you know, find some cheaper workers and, you know, then they end up using child labor. So I think like, they wouldn't think about the bigger picture if everybody are to do it. They would think about how would it affect us and then they would act on that and, you know, the consequence would be more systematic, but... Yeah, I mean, I can see, I can totally see that. Like I said, uh, one company... I, th I think this goes down to, you know, the fact that, like, in theory, like, yeah, some companies have been, like, good with internet, but, like, there are still companies in Norway that, you know, doesn't have a working proper internet site or, like, a presence on Twitter. Mm. And their companies are essentially dead in the water. Like, that's just how it works. But, like, my point is, 
they could have been told 20 years ago that this was ne needed to be done. The technology was there. It was already like, you know, the next step. And like, we take it for granted that so many of these business people are like special or understand things, but they're idiots in a job. Yeah. <laughs> not understanding what they need to do. And, you know, since they, you know, haven't be been as good, you know, some worse and some better in digitalizing and, you know, earning a lot of money through that or, you know, building up those systems, you know, they had a chance to be first, but they didn't take it. I think it's kind of like the same situation. Or like when one or two big companies do this in like some field, it will just become the norm when you know, that becomes the standard. Hmm. Yeah. I mean... Then we're fucked. I don't think you're wrong. It's just... We're coming up on a time where dystopia will be the, the word of the year. Who are the people who decide what, uh, what's the, the word of the year again? I mean, I was hoping that, you know... Oxford Dictionary the, the word, or something? The word of the year would be eat the rich, but... Yeah. Three, three words. <laughs> Worth it. But yeah, we're coming up on a time where the labor movement will be under immensely heavier pressure than it is today, I think. Today, I feel it feels like a boot being slowly, slowly pressed down on us today. That's what I'm feeling. Like you're squeezing the last few bits of labor rights. But it's like, you know, a stylish boot. Like, enjoy the anarchy of it and how it looks and it's fancy design yeah i mean as long as the boots not currently squeezing at you it's, it's, it's a nice boot to look at yeah like that's how people work as long as it doesn't affect me i mean here in norway we're a perfect perfect example as long as it doesn't affect us we're pretty comfortable ignoring it unless it's ukraine ukraine is popular now but that's because it's been made hard to ignore yeah like if the war weren't in the media, would people care? I mean, Syria, Afghanistan, Iraq, Somalia. Tons of places where there's been a war for decades, yeah. literal decades. And uh, how much do people care then? Yeah. <sighs> so, yeah, I mean, I don't have anything big for today's, uh, for this year's May 1st. Uh, organize I feel like, people for the love of god organize yeah uh, let's get back to the positives amazon lab, uh, union that's a big step in the right direction uh, it's not gonna you know make a big splash right now in um, i don't think we're gonna see you know the the ripple effects of it just yet but if we can keep spreading this acceptance of unions among workers because going back to the USA that's a country where the idea of you know unions and labor rights in general are they've been synonymized with uh, less profit less productivity less efficiency uh, if if you have unions things will go slower it will be harder i mean that's how i feel a lot of people's mentality are... I mean, that's the narrative that's being put, but, you know, the truth is, it's only one thing. If there is union, they'll get more pay, and that's the issue. Yeah. 
But uh, the mentality around unions is what I'm talking about. That, yeah, America, for example, best example, best place to use for an example for most things. Uh, it's been almost bred into people, this mentality of even people who are generally pro everything that comes with unions will still be a bit, ah, they, they'll be a bit defensive when it comes to the idea of, uh, of yeah, starting I mean, a union. It, it's, it's one of those things that they, they try to sell you the same way they're like, companies are more efficient if they're private. Yeah. Why? So how do we deal with that? Because like here in Norway, we do have some... We I, I always feel bad when we talk about these kind of things. I feel bad as a Norwegian because here in Norway, we... I feel like this could be our national slogan. We have it so good here, so dot, dot, dot. I know, and, and still, you know, like I said earlier, we have people making a good living saying they're starting to struggle. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how you feel about this, but I've been saying for a while that I, <laughs> when it comes to, you know, things like the labor movement and... Uh, yeah, I'll take uh, uh, geopolitics, for example. Uh, I've started to believe more and more that we need to hurt before things get better. The The current way of dealing with, you know, the, the current way the oligarchs are dealing with, you know, labor movements, unions and stuff, they aren't smashing them in a big show. They're slowly cooking cooking the frog if you get my drift shit that was a lot of metaphors but my point is they've been slowly dismantling labor rights and labor movements over the last few decades yeah i want to say several few decades i want to say i maybe have said something along these lines before but you know there's essentially two ways labor movements have been dealt with either they have been like I don't want to say corrupted from the inside because that sounds like uh, them themselves went out of efficiency. But like, for instance, here in Norway, we have this problem where like we kind of got sold that like you know, oh, we achieved all the rights that are possible to have, and we like things cannot get get better. And like, there's just been this slowly degradation in this case that the institution that, that used to fight for us are now filled with people that care more about placating to the opponents and being helpful and all these kinds of things. And, you know, there's no, there's no labor leaders anymore. Like, we have a labor party. They have a leader, technically. Yeah, like, a millionaire. I, 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 <laughs> I saw, like, you know, yesterday, like, some that are, um, like, uh, we have, like, one, one really, really big labor organization here in Norway and, like, their leader was talking but like hello they're they're going out and they're like they're like you know politicians just saying the nice things and not you know doing a goddamn thing about it they they could have power to squeeze our cover, current government and say that they're not doing their job but they would rather you know pat them on their back and then you have the other side which is more you know the neoliberal kind of way which we saw in you know america and you know in britain and you know in other places where, where like the government when they were led by the conservatives just went like hard on the unions and like did what they needed to do to break them and all of these things that have been happening have been happening you know 
planned. And I don't mean like, you know, there's this evil cabal in, you know, smoke-filled room, but like you have your think tanks and they have made, you know, the decisions on like what we need to do in order to implement new policies or, you know, to change our way of life. And they get, you know, their people in power. And that means, you know, either people that are like, okay, we're going to actively, you know, crack down on unions or people who are like, you know, oh, I mean, labor rights are nice and all, but, you know, we should try and be civil about this and understand that, like, it's, it's hard to, to create jobs as well. And at some point... Most of the workers who maybe weren't involved at the you know beginning of this are kind of like disillusioned. They might be in a union that's not doing anything, or they might not be in one. Uh, and everybody who's like talking loudly about you know things not being good is labeled a kami, and you know we can't have that because you know have you seen Soviet Russia mm. and far left extremism? You know it's. It's basically how you shape the, the Overton window in terms of like what is considered acceptable and what is considered extreme. Mm. And as long as you in one way or another pushes, you know, more everything that's more rights or worker led out in the extreme, you can basically keep things in a like humans we have this weird need to be accepted and have I mean this sounds ironic thinking about the American states but <laughs> to have this like cohesion about reality together so if we're taught that the reality is something that is so different from the things we could have like if you grew up you know 50 60 years ago you would live up in a time where like we just have you know I think it was 50 years ago that uh, being gay was no longer a crime in Norway. Mm. It's been a big celebration about that. And if you grew up besides that, like, would you question why being gay was wrong or, you know, all these kind of things? It, it's just as, you, you know, you're it's taught this part of it. and that's how society is and you want to be on the right, you know, side of society and you act this way. And I feel, it, you know, it's similar here. You You kind of like put this black label or like this, you know, mark on anything that's outside of that realm and you need to fight tooth and nail to change that uh, like we take it to gr for granted that when we achieve a thing it will stay that way like we have had gay rights in america we have had you know rights for women but you know, abortion, it's uh, its kind of seems to be coming up on the block again. And I mean, hasn't it all... been banned already in like four states now? Yeah, and, and then we have, you know, all these new don't say gay bills that are, you know, basically, you know, criminalizing you for existing. Mm. So, you know, there's this old, I don't remember who the founding fathers or if it was like Franklin or something that said like, you know, each generation needs to water the tree of liberty with, you know, the Patriot's blood or something like that. But there's some truth in that. Like, you don't fight and achieve something. You have to fight to keep it in existence and to keep the fight going. Hmm. I think it was Jefferson. I'm pulling that straight out of my ass, but I think I'm right. He's a teacher. <laughs> I trust that guy. I think it's Jefferson. I'm going to check that shit. Uh, before we finish up, you mentioned extremes. Yes. Uh, I have a proposal. Ooh. Take your pants off. 
No, I don't have. No. Oh God, no! Oh God, the tripod! The tripod! No. Uh, strikes. Yes. Yes. How do you feel about them? Strikes are good. Strikes are good. And um, agreed. I mean, that's one of the problems. Is that like you know, if they break the unions, strikes have been made really hard to organize and to function. Like they don't have them. There might even be laws against you know gathering money and you know that kind of things. If you live in a place like Norway, you're allowed to strike politely. Yeah. And after a week or so, the government will say, "Well, well, well." You had your say, now get the fuck back to the table, this is what you will accept, and now you go back to work. Yeah, that's, uh, that was, that's what I was moving up towards. Because here in Norway, I don't know exactly how it works in other countries, but here in Norway we have what's called tvungen lønsnemd, basically forcible, f- forcible salary... Yeah. I don't know how it's, it translates. It's, it's basically a way for the government to step in in a labor conflict and say... You two will accept these terms because our society needs you to work. And it makes a certain degree of sense. Like, let's say that every single doctor goes on strike. Or worse, every nurse. People at some point will, you know, suffer from this. So the original law that states that this, you know, can be done... The intention of it. Basically, you know, says that, you know, this can only be used when... You know, to to, to defend services. The, the society and the, the, their need for critical services, but they are used very loosely. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't take much for the government to engage in tvungen lønsnemd, whatever that translates to in English. And yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about because we've kind of gotten used to over, you know, during our lifetime. It's just been how it works. And we've gotten used to the government just having that power. And I've been thinking because, uh, like I've mentioned before, I'm a school teacher. And uh, last year, the uh, when it when it came to negotiate for pay, uh, we got a shit package that ended up, you know, in practice, we ended up going down, uh, getting paid less. Uh, when you consider, you know, how costs went up society-wise. And uh, there was a... Um, oh, um, there was a vote among teachers. Should we go on strike? And the majority said, yes, we should, because this is a terrible deal for us. And then our union just decided that, well, you know, too few teachers... Uh, took part in the vote so we're just going to override the results of the vote and say yes to this package and by all means let me just first mention that I'm very disappointed in my fellow teachers who didn't vote Uh, but more importantly that's bullshit and ever since I've been thinking that hey when it comes to you know government intervention like that what can they really do? They can go in and they can, what, fire me? They can't put me in jail, can they? If I just, if me and all my teacher colleagues just stopped showing up for work, they can't throw us in prison. We can lose our jobs, sure. I mean, maybe not 
put you in prison for not showing up on your job, but you know, when you were out there protesting, you know, police might round you up, might say that you broken some other laws and Yeah, but you know what? I'll just stay at home then. But let's say because teachers, <laughs> during this pandemic, uh it's it's been difficult, very difficult to be a teacher. But it's also been kind of entertaining for me to see just how much Norwegian parents hate spending time with their children. <laughs> I mean, a lot of parents have felt a lot of pressure when it comes to, you know, having to stay at home with their children. And I've been thinking that, hey, what if basically every teacher in Norway just decided that, no, we're not going to show up for work until our terms are better. Uh, sure, the government can go in and say, hey, tvungen lønsnemd, government intervention. Sure. And they can take our jobs. But what if we just hold firm? Some job, some roles have to be filled in order for society to function well. And like we mentioned, if you're a nurse or a doctor, uh, that's a very critical role that will affect people's health. But take teaching, for example. If all the teachers just decided to stay home until their demands are met or terms are improved, no one would die. But things would get really shitty real fast for parents all over the country. And you also mentioned earlier that there is a certain, you know, it makes sense to have a degree of government intervention because of, you know, critical services. But when it comes down to it, us, the workers, we do have the power to just say no. You know, just like the people who drive trucks, you know, uh, um, transporting goods. If they just stopped, if they got organized and, if, and enough of them just stopped doing it, that would have a serious effect on society. And there's power in that effect. And I'm kind of baffled, but also not, that this isn't something that's being... I mean, here in Norway, we have it so good that I can understand why people just, ah, let's just, but, let's let the government decide. But, but I, I think that's going to be a new pet peeve of mine, because this is something we always say in Norway, like, you know, whether it's us out on the far left or like, you know, people in general, you know, we yeah. have it so good here. Do we? Do we have it that good? Like, I was, like I said, you know, one of the people, or I think that technically, you know, was like a couple, they were making close to what would be, let's say, $100,000. And they're talking about, you know, they're struggling. They're, they don't know how they will pay for, like, you know, uh, I think they had a child that were going to have, you know, confirmation. Mm. Uh, and they were talking about, like, how, you know, they felt like they, they couldn't have, you know, the confirmation, you know, they felt like, you know, they deserve to give their child. They're making $100,000 a year. Yeah. And that's like, more than the average person, I think. That's... If those people are struggling... How the hell are other people then, surviving? Yeah, it's kind of like, you know... We we have told ourselves that we have it so good here so mm. often. It's that become we, an we, empty mantra. That we believe it no matter what. It's kind of like, you know, 
how Americans tell themselves that they're the most free country on earth, and mm. then you look at the country and they're like, holy <laughs> fucking shit, you guys have, you, you barely have democracy. Yeah, because, but that's the thing about that sentence. We always, that's, that's why I say it's basically the Norwegian slogan. Yeah. We have it so good here. But the natural continuation of that sentence is, we have it so good here compared to other countries. That doesn't automatically mean that we have it good that or that things are adequate here that doesn't mean that things are good enough here it just means that we're on top of you know the shit pile i'm not saying we have it shit here in norway but we sure as hell don't have it as well as good as we should have it and yeah so the continuation to that sentence is in comparison to others and you know let's disregard that let's just say that okay Let's just pretend that here in Norway things are great. Even if that were the case, we still need to fight to preserve that and spread it to other places. I mean, that's why I get so annoyed at myself and other Norwegians, because we are privileged in the sense that we should be using the few lu- those luxuries we have, or those, um, not luxuries, because we pay for it <laughs> with our taxes, uh, those those things we have that others don't, we should be fighting to spread that to other countries. Because a population that is safe, well-fed, healthy, and comfortable, that's a population with room to think and room to improve and room to help each other and room to, you know, improve relations between different cultures, religions, uh, sexes, and uh, sexual orientations. And, you know, it's easier to get along if everyone is okay, you know? (laughs) And so even if things were perfect here in Norway, that doesn't make it acceptable to just go, ah, well, (laughs) I guess things could be worse. Let's just do nothing. So I think that a country like Norway... Us Norwegians, we are, I won't say that we have a duty to do so, but I feel a responsibility to use our ability to go on strike in order to send a forceful message to the people in charge. Because, I mean, I can think of two immediate advantages uh, that we have when it comes to, not, not advantages, but... Uh, Let's call them advantages when it comes to, uh, you know, billionaires, oligarchs. And one is that they they only have one life. They have to die someday too. So, yeah, they don't live forever. And two, uh, fuck, I forgot. Shit. They need workers at their company. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. It's, it's almost <laughs> like that's the point of this entire episode. Yeah, I'm sorry, but number two is... They need us. And all they think about when all you think about is profit, okay, that makes it very easy to find out where we have to hit them. If profit is everything to them, let's hit them there. And that comes down to the problem that like, you know, the issue isn't that if you were to go on strike tomorrow that nothing would happen, even though I I have some scenarios of what things could go. But the problem is it's not a unity and an aggression and a will to fight for the workers. Like you said, 
a lot of the people in your union didn't vote. Mm. Yeah, I don't know how, I don't know how we're going to get to that place where everyone is both informed enough and also engaged enough in the labor movement. But I think that's a critical area for us to focus on in, I was going to say in the coming years, but it's a critical area for us to focus on now, yesterday. We, we really need to get off, get off our asses and yeah. Yeah. I mean, pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. This is how Labor Day is sold here in Norway. It's like. Let's celebrate all the great things we achieved, mm. not the things we need to fight for. I mean, May 1st should be a day where, yes, we should celebrate what we've achieved, but we should also recognize what we had to sacrifice in order to reach this point and, those, and achieve those rights. But most importantly, I think it should be a day where we sit down and lay a plan for the year to come. What are we going to achieve by the time May 1st, 2023 comes along. Yeah, I think that's our mission statement. Yes. So go out, organize, do things so we can have another episode next year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I wish I had a more of a banger of a finish, but just talk to each other, get organized yeah. and get engaged in each other's rights and... Discuss your pay. That's a par- did, did you know that that's a huge you know issue in again? I'm I'm sorry for bringing up the USA all the time, but in the USA, discussing your way, your pay with you know colleagues that's a very heated subject. Do you know why it is? Of course, because employers don't want you to discuss your pay because even if you and I are in the exact same position and have worked there for about the same time, we could have wildly different pace. You know, the employer looks at you and finds out, hey, how low can I squeeze his salary? And then he looks at me and says, They praise upon our ignorance. Yeah. And that's why I say get organized. Getting organized means talking to each other and finding out where we have each other. Like, I would be very angry <laughs> if we had the same job and I found out after like four years that, hey, he gets 20% more than me just because, yeah. But yeah, I mean, a lot of employers, they they even forbid their employees or try to forbid their employees from discussing their wage with colleagues. Or using the word union in the group chats. Yeah. They actually do have a, uh, a law against that, you know. It's a protected right. In the USA, I was I was surprised to find out that it's uh, a protected right to discuss your pay with your coworkers. How much it's upheld, on the other hand. Hmm? How much that law is upheld, on the other uh, hand. Yeah, and I mean, uh, there are plenty of loopholes because let's say I'm your employer and I find out that you have you know gone around to your colleagues and discussed pay. Uh, sure, I won't fire you for that, but I'll fire you because you've been performing inadequately. I can just give some vague-ass reason or just say I don't like his face because this is an at-will employment state, motherfucker. <sighs> America's fucked, Matthew. <laughs> at-will employment is so fucked up. Land of the free, home of the brave. Yeah. All right. Finish up? Yeah. Okay. Bye, guys. Happy May 1st. <laughs>